chance to feel like heroes too Forever we'll win And if we should lose We know someday we'll go all the way Yeah, someday we'll go all the way Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. This is our playoff preview, at least the wild card round playoff preview. Our guest is our old friend, uh, Jared Willis from Forbes Sports. And yeah, we just talk all about the Cub Marlin matchup. Um, a little bit about, you know, the big moment that David Ross faces is his first time as manager. And yeah, just everything you want to know about the playoffs. Um, Jared is at J Willis, J W Y L L Y S on Twitter, and you should follow him. And yeah, let's get to the playoff preview. And here is Jared. All right, Jared, welcome back to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast, our playoff edition. I'm glad to have you on. Hey, Sean, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Glad to talk some baseball with you. All right, so the Cubs uh, made the playoffs, won the NL Central. They are the number three seed, and they are taking on the Miami Marlins in a series starting on Wednesday, so... I'll just ask, how do you feel about the Cubs entering the playoffs? Um, I think I, I feel pretty good about at, at least their chances to ad- advance beyond this round. Um, I think it's a, it's a much trickier road for them after that, because I think this this first this wild card round, this new thing that we have this year with the expanded playoffs. Um, it being a three game series plays really well to the Cubs because they can throw. Um, Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish for two of those games. And then if need be, if there's a third game, they can just kind of, you know, throw the, throw the kitchen sink, so to speak, um, to win, to win game three in advance. Cause they've got a lot of guys that they could turn to from there. You know, if you wanted to piggyback John Lester, Alzali with, uh, you know, you've got Quintana. There's a lot of different arms you could go to for game three. You know, if you're trying to, you know, trying to pick up that third game and, and make sure that you win in advance. The thing that concerns me about them though, is the starting pitching depth once you get to, you know, the longer postseason series. So I think I, I feel very confident that they're going to beat Miami in advance. It's just a much greater question mark after that. All right. Well, uh, we'll do a little bit of uh, the Marlins because uh, they've got a lot of young promising pitchers. I don't know much about their lineup, but just what's a little, for the people who probably, I'm assuming a lot of Cubs fans might not have watched any of the uh, Marlins games this year with the split division format, but just what are your little sense of the Marlins and strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, I mean, the hard thing with them is kind of like you pointed out, this is, we haven't seen them at all this year because the teams have been playing in those geographical, you know, sticking, sticking within the central Um, so they've, they've not seen each other at all. Um, there's, there is, there's a lot of young talent. They've, 
you know, they, they've got a decent farm system there that has supplied them with some young guys that can, that can help them win. But I think, you know, I think the reality of the Marlins is they may be the beneficiaries of a season where there's a lot of sub 500 teams that have made the postseason. A lot of teams that in a normal season wouldn't be here. Um, and to be quite frank, I think the Marlins are one of those teams. I just, this isn't a, in my mind, from what I've seen, um, this is not really a strong playoff caliber team uh, under typical circumstances. So, Over 160 games. Yeah, you you play 162. This isn't a team that's even really not even in the NL wild card race. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to get left behind over the full stretch of a season. It's just you know it's one of those things where like in 60 games, if you have two good weeks, that can really make the difference. Because uh, in a way, like that's kind of like what we've seen with the Cubs, where they started off, they won 13 of their first 16 games. And then if you look at what they've done after that, they haven't exactly been that great. So, um, again, a couple of really strong weeks in, in a 60 game season. That's all it takes. Um, well, you know, the so, funny, uh, funny stat, though, too, that I saw the other day, I don't know if you saw this, that the Nationals had the same 19 and 31 record this year as they did last year. But obviously this year it was favorable to their playoff chances. Right. Last year they still have a whole year to go. Well, and I think, I, and I did not see that, but I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I mean, what, you know, you want to talk about the difference between a 60 game season and a, a 162 game season. I think it, you'd be hard pressed to find a better example than that because the nationals who, two months into the season last year, everybody was talking about them as they're going to be sellers. They're going to be, you know, selling off their assets at the trade deadline. And then fast forward a few months and they, they won the world series. So, and, and I think what we would have seen with the Marlins is kind of the opposite where across a full 162, they're, they're just in a much different place. So um, not that I want to make any like super bold prediction predictions, but I think this. I think the Cubs win this in two games and 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 move on. I I don't see the Marlins making much of a series out of this. So I, I'll add um, something we saw this weekend. Uh, Chris Bryant, the feisty Chris Bryant. I'll add. But, <laughs> yeah. You know he had the the wrist injury and then this oblique strain, which you know I thought he was going to go on the injured list. I'm sure other people did too, but then. He came back this weekend and uh, hit a couple home runs. And obviously, that would be a much-needed development for the Cubs if he started, you know, displaying power. But should we feel good about – you think this is just like a quick thing over the weekend, or do you think he might be heating up for the playoffs? Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to make too much out of – a performance in in two games, but um, but that being said, particularly that grand slam that he hit on Saturday, I mean the way he barreled up that that pitch, and that was a tough pitch to hit, and he made really quality contact on that and and drove it hard. I mean, it, it went high up into the air, um, but you know that was a well hit ball, so. I think you have to feel pretty good about that. Not just like what you're seeing performance wise, but where he seems to be mentally. Um, you kind of alluded to it, you know, when you said feisty Chris Bryant, but um, you know, I was, I was on that 
post-game Zoom call Saturday when he was, you know, he was asked about Twitter critics and his response was very emphatic, um, which is, in my mind, that's a good thing to see. That's what you want to see out of Chris Bryant, because I think in years past, he had a harder time um, brushing that kind of stuff aside when people were calling him weak or soft or whatever. Um, and whether that's fair or not, whether that's justified or not, that's a different conversation. But like for him, at least he's in a place where he's he's, I think, mentally much more tough than he was a couple years ago. So that's a that's a huge thing for this Cubs offense that has been so like mysteriously devoid of like its usual stars. The usual guys who produce just haven't been there. So if you're going to survive through the postseason, you need Chris Bryant hitting, you need Javi Baez hitting. Um, and so it's, those are encouraging signs for sure. What we saw from, from Bryant over, over the last couple of days. Well, I, I am curious about that too, that I've been mulling this over with Baez and Contreras especially, but you know, there's this, when the big moments hit, sometimes these, these are guys that get, they really live for big moments. So you hope maybe, when you get to the playoffs and like it's the big stage, will they be? Will a hobby bias be more? You know, will he feel like more into the game? I don't know if that makes if it makes sense. Like, because I don't want to say he's not into these games, but just when the moment's big, I wonder sometimes to these guys, will they be better to meet the moment than in a regular season game? Um, I think yeah, that's uh. It's an interesting question. I think there's a couple of things that'll work to the Cubs' advantage here. One of which is just the mountain of postseason experience that this team has collectively. I mean, think about this roster going back to 2015 and how much, you know, how many innings, how many games, how many at bats that this group has together. And they've they've been through, you know they've been through some really tough spots in the postseason. So on one hand, you have that, which I think is always going to serve you well. And number two, like, let's be honest, there's going to be less, it's going to be a less pressure filled environment in some ways, because there's, they're going to be playing in empty stadiums. They're not going to be, you know, it's, it's a lot different when you're playing a world series game in Cleveland and you've got the crowd just against you, or you're playing a championship series in LA and you got the crowd against you. Like they're just not, they're not even going to be in the opposing team's park once they get past this first round. Um, and that's just such a different, like that changes so many things about the environment, which I think you couple that with a extensive playoff experience. I think it's, it's a positive thing for the Cubs for sure. Yeah. So uh, speaking of the one guy who might have on the field playoff experience, but does not have this kind of playoff experience, uh, David Ross. And, you know, he's had kind of, I will say he's had some, a little, some growing pains, but in such a weird year, he's done a very good job. But uh, do you think he'll be affected at all by the, the playoffs? Or do you think he'll, because he's been through it as a player? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because, like, on one hand, yeah, he's been through it as a player, but it's a whole different experience when you're the guy calling the shots, when you're the guy, you know, answering questions after a game, 
and having to speak to, you know, decisions that you made and be, you know, but potentially be challenged a little bit about, you know, what you did, you know, wh why did you decide to pull this guy when you, you know, that sort of thing. Um, he's never really, now in the postseason, he's never dealt with that before. You know, he's had this regular season of a little taste of that, but, you know, it's one thing to play in the World Series when you're the backup catcher. It's another, no, quite another thing to play, you know, be in the World Series when you're the manager. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be something to keep an eye out for is how, how is David Ross as the manager? Because um, I think there's there's going to be some nerves there. Um, he's It's not like having Joe Madden managing your team through the World Series. Um, because by the time he was managing the Cubs in 2016, we've got to think about he had been in a World Series before with Tampa Bay. He had been deep in the playoffs with the Cubs the year before that. So he had that to kind of draw from. Um, and David Ross just isn't, depending on how far this thing goes. So, yeah, that's I, I think that's for sure going to be a factor. And it's tough to say because I don't want to um, – count out david ross's ability to to do his job well but i think that's that's going to be something that's potentially could work against him a little bit yeah and you, you know the second there's any kind of you know bullpen move or any the lineup will come out and yeah there's going to be no matter what he does there will be criticism from somewhere and i mean it's like i mean there's managers now that have made pulled a pitcher what 20 30 years ago and people still talk about can you believe they screwed that up? This is like a whole. Yeah. Well, I mean, level. We, we talk about game seven of the 2016 World Series, a game that the Cubs won mm -hmm. to break the curse. And we still have people that talk about, you know, when Joe Madden decided to pull Hendricks. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, that's that's a huge decision that you make in a postseason game. And it's one that people don't let go of if it doesn't work out, or even in, in some cases, they don't let it go even when it does work out. Yeah, because I guess that's part of the job, and you just have to know, like, yeah. I, I always wonder about these guys, like, I heard a story once about some guy who was, like, a comedian or whatever, and he ran into Dusty Baker and, like, laid into Dusty Baker about whatever, and Dusty Baker just kind of shrugged at him and laughed and walked on. Because it's, it's like, if you can't, if you worry what all these people say, you can't, you're not going to be able to do the job, but it's just, it's amazing that how hard that would be if you were managing. Yeah. And again, I think it's something that the more you do it, that probably the easier it gets. Uh, you don't think, you know, like anything else, you, like in, in, in our position, you, you write something and you put it up on the internet and you get criticism the first time that happens it's tough to take and it's hard to respond in the right way but the more you do it the longer you've been doing it the easier that kind of thing gets so it's yeah it's like anything i think when you're you know you've got some experience under your belt in a position like that it's a lot easier to, to brush it off or to stick up for yourself or to when necessary to admit like yeah that, it turns out that was the wrong decision um I goofed that up or, you know, I, I made a mistake there, but at, early on that can be real tough for somebody to do. Yeah. So uh, I'll ask you this. Um, the next two days of baseball playoffs, this is going to be pretty crazy <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's the yeah. closest baseball will ever come to the 
first Thursday and Friday before the NCAA basketball tournament. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, I, I keep like I keep hearing that comparison, and I think it's perfect. I mean, it, it is going to feel like those first two days of the of the NCAA tournament in March, and it's yeah. I mean, all you can say is just like buckle up and and just try to <laughs> try to enjoy the ride because yeah, t- tomorrow Tuesday. Um, and Wednesday especially are going to are going to be just nuts because you have all these games going. I mean, really, this whole week is just going to be um, a blur. If especially if you're somebody who's trying to keep tabs on the whole postseason, if you're trying to follow everything that's happening, it's going to be you know, good luck to you. I'm, my thing is, I'm just going to try to keep an eye on what what a couple of different teams are are doing and how that's what's happening with them because to try to take scope of the whole thing is just going to, for me at least, it feels like too much. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's, why not have some fun with it? If you can, if like, if you're people who are still working from home, um, you know, get your stuff done in the morning so you can turn on some baseball in the afternoon. Yep. So I guess I'll give a couple predictions for you that not that we're in the prediction games, but, um, who do you think is going to have a big series for the Cubs? And who do you think is probably going to have a big series for the Marlins? That's it all. I mean, this is, it's really like for the Marlins, it's just, and I hate to like duck the question, but like, it's, it's tough because I have to be honest and say, I still don't feel like I fully understand like what's, what's brought them here or, you know, whether or not they even should be here. Um, so I hesitate to make a pick on like one guy with them. Um, but you know, on, on the Cubs side of things, it's, I mean, I, the, the thing I'm most excited to see is, is what does you Darvish look like in his start? Um, you know, he's, he's had a, a Cy Young caliber season and, um, I think it's worth mentioning that like. Cy Young votes are, have already been cast. So however he pitches in the postseason is not going to be a factor. Um, Cause those, those votes were sent in already, but, um, but not only because he's had this Cy Young caliber season, but because for him, there's a little bit of like, you know, you, the desire to redeem yourself in, in the postseason, because even though it wasn't, I, I don't want to say it wasn't his fault in 2017, yeah. That we all know by now there's this extra factor going on that he couldn't necessarily do anything to control or at least like mitigate. So and he took so much heat. I mean, you know, the, the way that that played out, um, that's, you know, that's something that now, he, now that he's got a chance to pitch in the postseason again, um, I, I'm really anxious to see what he can do. And I, I, I think he's just going to go out there and, and dominate. Um, which is a big part of, like I said earlier, why I feel like the Cubs can win this series in two games, because I think if you get Kyle Hendricks to throw you a solid game, you get you Darvish to throw do what he he can do, then that's that's going to be it. Um, so Darvish, and also like I, I feel like I'd I'd kick myself if I don't mention Craig Kimbrell because <laughs> man, that guy he is he's looked like he's figured something out. Yeah, um, catching 99 miles an hour the other yeah. day, and and doing it consistently, like the the 
when I saw him pitch that, that inning on Saturday night, um, like hitting 99 regularly, which we had just not seen. He just looks like a different guy. He, well, I shouldn't even say different guy. He looks like Craig Kimbrell. The old Craig, yeah, the old Craig Kimbrell. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that, like, man, that, that's a major factor, too. If you've got that guy feeling like he can go out there and throw some smoke and he can get people out, um, talk about having some real solid weapons on the back end of the, the bullpen because if the Cubs can get – I mean, heck, if you get seven innings from Hendricks, you get seven innings from Darvish, and you throw Jeffress and, and Kimbrell out there, um, that's, I mean, good luck to Miami, you know, trying to score a lot of runs there. Um, so those those are the two guys for me that I really am excited to see what can happen. Um, it's it's Darvish and Kimbrell. Yeah, well, and I will just add, um, you know, I want to see Chris Bryant, but uh, is is a good one, but... I really think that Wilson Contreras is starting to click in and, you know, with the bat flips and everything, but his swing has looked way better. And I think we're going to see big stuff from him. And I will give you a Marlin guy only because I have bad memories of him when he was on the Brewers. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, who always seems to for a home run or two against the Cubs when he was in Milwaukee. So, and he's on the Marlins now, so I'll be a little weary of him. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. And I, you know, and I feel bad because I'm sure it sounds like I'm just totally discounting this team, but because um, there's yeah, there's guys there that can that can do some damage. And and again, and especially in a super short series like this, you know, one fluky game can make the difference. Yeah, yeah. There's little. You lose game one, then. You're in a deep yeah. right way. Yeah. But I guess that's what makes it more exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool to see, because we've never had this before. We've never had a three-game playoff series. I mean, we all know the adrenaline and the excitement of a wild-card game, um, but we've never gotten to experience this. So, yeah, if, like, something crazy happens and the Cubs lose on Wednesday, then, yeah, like, what – now you got to win the next two and you can't, your margin for error is gone. Um, so yeah, that's going to be, that's going to lend some extra excitement to it for sure. Well, um, I will ask just, you know, you can give some plugs for yourself. Still at Forbes sports writing articles. And- yeah. Um, most of the stuff that I do there it, or most of the stuff that I write is on Forbes. Like very occasionally I'll show up somewhere else, but, um, a lot of my postseason stuff this year will be at Forbes, so you can keep an eye out there. Um, but every once in a while, I'll do something for like Chicago Magazine. I actually had an article up on Chicago Magazine today, uh, Monday, about you know the Cubs and White Sox being in the postseason at the same time. And I didn't know this before I, I went into working on the article, but this is just the third time in 120 years. The 120 years these two franchises have existed. They've only been in the playoffs at the same time three times. So 1906, when the White Sox beat the Cubs in the World Series. Um, 2008, when the Cubs were swept by the Dodgers and the the White Sox got beat by the Rays in the Division Series. And then, of course, this year. So, um, yeah, just wrote a little bit about 
that for Chicago Magazine and what um, what it might look like if they got to the World Series, both teams this year. Um, so yeah, if you you head to Chicago Magazine, you can see that um, went up today. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, and we've got some Cubs playoff baseball, so can't be that bad, right? That's right. As always, I am SDH85 on Twitter. Uh, email us at holycowpod at gmail.com. And yeah, um, you know, Jared's probably right. The uh, Marlins over a full season, not very good, but we are in a three-game season. So anything can happen. You know, uh, Pat Hughes, Cubs radio announcer, likes to say, uh, fast out of no seatbelts, Cubs fans, and I think that's appropriate again. The playoffs are here, so fasten those seatbelts and uh, go Cubs. <laughs>